you are listening to the Invitation Church podcast. To learn more about Invitation Church, visit us online at invitation605.com. You can also download our app on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Invitation 605. He's so silly. Well, good morning, Invitation. I do this with students all the time, and it takes two or three, even the ones that I see regularly that I actually grade, um, you know, they've got to earn that grade somehow. It's good to be here today. Last time I was here, it was, uh, it was in July, I came to visit, and it was one of those kind of muggy, kind of rainy, kind of a weird summer day, and so now it's officially fall, and I love this time of year. It's my favorite season. Um, because of all of the color that it brings. Now, I am one of those amen preachers, and so if you want lunch or whatever y'all going to do after church, I'm going to, or else I'll start over. <laughs> works every time, works every time. Father, we thank you for this is a day that you have made. We are rejoicing. We are glad. Father, we will do our due diligence to serve you as we serve mankind. And we just pray, God, today that you dwell among us and that you reside beside us. In your son's name we pray, amen. amen. All right, y'all got it. Today our um, scripture is coming, of course, from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 14 um, through 21. I'm not going to read those specifically. Um, what? Maybe I should. Nah. If you have your Bibles... Follow me, because I'm just going to just do some highlighting today. So um, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 21, and then also um, cheating a little bit and going to um, hit verse 41. Um, so in, in this, this is, of course, the beginning of the, the birth of the church. And so I, I, I love giving titles and themes to messages. So this one I call um, Peter's State of the Union Address. Now, if we know anything about Peter, he was one of those come-at-me-bro um, disciples, and so it was interesting to watch him transform throughout his ministry where, you know, when, he, when I worked as a counselor, and, and specifically when I would work with angry men, um, I sort of, sometimes I would just poke the bear a little bit just to see what all was there. Um, because what my goal was to, you know, keep, keep the energy, let's just redirect it. And so I, what I see Peter doing is that, you know, he had a lot of energy, a lot of, um, I guess I'd like to say enthusiasm, um, as he uh, be, began following Jesus. And so Jesus kind of had to do a work on him um, to get him to just, you know, chill out a little bit, you know, keep the energy, but let's redirect the fire. Um, and uh, no swords, you know, don't, you don't get to bring those to school. And so, um, and he did, he got it accomplished. And so Peter became one of his greatest. I mean, his name, Peter, Petra, the original rock. How about that? Um, and so he, he definitely made a name for himself um, while following Jesus at the same time. So in those um, first, well, more than delivering a State of the Union address, Peter is actually delivering his first sermon, or what I would like to call his inaugural sermon. Um, I remember when I delivered my first sermon back in 1983. Is that coming up to 40 years ago, just about? Um, 
uh, clearly young, um, and I don't know, I think I'm getting back to that thin place, but I had a little more hair and it was a lot darker and, and all of those kinds of things. And my first sermon came out of the book of Ezekiel, talking about dry bones. Um, and I really had no um, prophetic language in me um, during that time, but I, but I understood stories and I understood storylines and, and avid readers. So, you know, I, it was easy to just sort of make application to bring life to dry bones. Um, and so that was my first experience. And, and then how many of you guys grew up in a church where at Easter time and sometimes at Christmas, you did those recitations? Amen or something. Maybe y'all didn't grow up in a church. I mean, maybe you didn't grow up in a church that did that. Well, we, I did. And um, now I've always sort of been that I want to be in, in the limelight person. But when it came to that, I was one of the people that froze. Could not remember any of my lines. I just, I couldn't make it happen. Um, but what I like about Peter is that he finally, you know, he needed, I, I like the way that the, the scripture opens up when it talks about he rose up with his 11 disciples, with the other disciples. Um, and I thought about that. It's like, you know, I don't want to bend and twist this, but was it so that they could keep Peter at bay? Or <laughs> was it so that they could just be a witness and, and, and stand up? You know, we, we, we don't do enough standing up. And I'm not really talking about physically standing up, but I'm talking about, you know, just standing up for Jesus. We stand up for a lot of things. You know, your pastor is going to be standing up for the chiefs, I believe. Um, and so, you know, what are we standing up for? You know, what are, we, what are we being a witness for? Who are we being a witness to, if, if, if we want to go that? So he, he begins to say to the people, um, you know, I have an announcement. I have something that, that is, you know, we kind of open up our, our messages or our talks with, you know, God has laid upon my heart and so on and so forth. Peter just goes straight for the gusto. He doesn't mess around with flowery introductions. He just says, women and men of Jerusalem, I've, I've got something very important to say. He does that in verses 14 through 16. Then he moves on uh, and just gets right into it. You know, I've, I probably gave you a seven-minute introduction. Peter didn't have time for all that. Uh, that was not his personality style. He just went right in. And he begins to cite the prophet Joel. Any English teachers in the, in the room? Any English majors in the room? He made a declarative statement, something that is just matter of fact. I, I think I will pull that one up um, because the people had to be shocked that for, you know, I don't know, Peter had such a personality tra transformation that they had to be shocked thinking that he had it in him to um, come at him like that and not with, you know, his other tools. And I'm not very good at multitasking anymore, so I've got to shut up and find the verse. Yeah, we're getting there. We are getting there. You know, I went to the wrong place. See, I can't, I can't even shut up and multitask. There we go. 
No, I'm not doing very good here. Well, I could ask you some questions. What are you doing after church today? <laughs> Napping. Uh, Caleb gets to nap. Family, Caleb gets to nap today. He has earned his napping stripes today. So let the man nap. I think I've been napping since I was 25. But um, <laughs> it's just a thing. I mean, it's just a wonderful, wonderful ministry um, to be involved in. Well, I, I can't, I can't, it's not pulling up. It keeps going back to the original verse that it started on. But he says, he goes on to just recite and sort of re-prophesy the fact that uh, the church is about to be born and there's going to be some signs and wonders. And he starts out even before that by saying that, you know, these people that you see, you know, it's only like two or three in the afternoon, so they're really not drunk, um, but they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, as I got to thinking, you know, when, when Pastor Dave gave me um, this this text, um, I thought, something about to happen over at Invitation. Do I need to come over to the west side just a little bit more often and, and, and watch the fire come down? I'm all about that. Um, so I don't know if we're getting you prepped up for something, but send me an invitation to Invitation when that happens. Amen? Um, but he goes on to say that they're going to, you know, they're going to, old men are going to dream, young men are going to have visions, old men are going to dream dreams, and um, he said that, that even my servants will prophesy, giving the message, giving the word of God, either, either forth-telling or current-telling, um, maybe some past-telling, but they're going to speak on behalf of the name of the Lord. And, 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 and so I just, you know, I just wonder sometimes, where are we um, with that today, not so much, you know, well, fire, smoke, bring it, bring it, come at me, bro. Um, but in terms of our testimony, how are we testifying in the name of Jesus today? Because we can do it. We can do it. Uh, I love, I really still love, you know, whether St. Francis of Assisi said it or whoever said it, that preach always and when necessary, use words. I've had a lot of arguments with preachers. I can't, I cannot not use words. I cannot not talk. I said, yeah, you can. You can stop talking once and just be present. Sometimes it is, it just takes our presence to, to let people know that there's, that there's something um, remarkable about you. But he goes on to say, well, they're not, they are going to use words. They are going to use language. They are going to say things. They are going to, and, and what they say will come to pass. I don't remember if it ever gave any specific time because, you know, if, ever, if anyone has ever given us a word, if I can use that, um, we kind of, we are calendar markers. You know, we are, we, you know, every, this, you know, we abide by this. The <laughs> Lord says, abide by me, but we abide by this and, and um, you know, put dates in the calendar. And, you know, I, I, sometimes depending on what it is, I need a 30-day notice, a 10-day notice, two-hour notice, <laughs> you know, that the same event is about to come up. But he doesn't mark a time, but he says that the people will do this. And upon doing that, that becomes the day of Pentecost, or the birth of the church.
One thing I like about um, New Testament scriptures is that they do a lot of referencing to Old Testament scriptures. And um, how many of you, this is a real awkward question, but I'm going to put it out there anyway because, you know, I don't have to come back again. Um, <laughs> how many of you have ever just sort of looked up um, past presidents' inaugural addresses and read through them? Anybody? Well, I haven't either. But um, I, I peeked at some, you know, it's like they're... And so I don't, you know, take a lot of time to read them all. But they have, uh, what I have noticed is that they always reference someone who's been there. They've always talked about, you know, so that they can just say that this is not something that I'm making up. Peter is saying this is not something that I'm making up. Look, at it says it right here in the book of Joel that um, these things will come to pass. I don't, so I teach psychology at USD, um, and so I don't really, with freshman students, I don't, I'm not excited to see their writing, I'm just so not. Um, <laughs> and because I have 170 of them, I'm really not trying to see 170 10-page papers. Uh, I just don't have that in me, not anymore, mm -mm, no. Um, but in my smaller classes, as I teach at both campuses here in, in Vermilion, my smaller classes, we might do some writing, and I will tell students right off the bat, when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Who said that? What movie is that from? I don't have, Scott, you know. Clint Eastwood, 60s, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Google it, YouTube it, you can see it. And he says to someone he's getting ready to shoot up, <laughs> when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. So that's what I tell students. But, but Peter is not um, giving his opinion here. He is saying, like I said, what thus saith the Lord. When you hear, the, when you hear that, that line, what, what, what does that do to you? If someone's about to say, God gave this message to me to deliver to you. What's your first thought? I mean, don't answer that. I don't, I don't really want to know. But maybe our first thought might be, oh, here we go. What's this going to be? How long am I going to be here? That's usually mine. How long is this going to take? Uh, <laughs> it's like, i got to have my coffee, Kate. <laughs> I was on the prowl for coffee when I was over at USF the other day, and I didn't realize there was nothing open on campus, and so I sort of, by invitation, busted into an HR meeting. They had coffee. I grabbed a cup, said, see ya. Um, I'm good now. I'm good now. But um, what's our thought? Or if someone says, can I take you now? When someone, asks, when someone says, can I take you to lunch? At first, that's exciting, because I love food. I adore food. And then finally, my common sense kicks in. Uh-oh. What do they want? What do they need? How long is this going to take? What kind of commitment do I have to make? And nine out of 10, it's none of that. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go for that invitation. But then sometimes it does turn into, you know, I need your opinion on something and so on and so forth. And, and I give them what, you know, God, God shows up, ready or not, here he comes, right? Ready or not, he, you know, you could be on your way home driving and he could say, you know, I need to speak to you. What you going to do? You know, hope, for, hope for a long red light or something so you can hear what thus saith the Lord. 
We are so in tune with, uh, with our electronics. I have been honked at several times just in the last two weeks because I'm at a light um, and it's like it just changed. I've never really timed lights to see how long it takes them to go back to green, but it doesn't seem to be long because because I'm looking at what thus saith whoever is saying something. But how often are, do we incline our ears to hear what thus saith the Lord? So in my, in my spiritual imagination, I'm, I'm thinking that people, you know, if they've had any encounter with Peter and he's getting ready to make an announcement, I think they would be, no pun intended, but all ears. I think that they would, they would be at attention because, you know, they don't, want, they don't want to be threatened by what could happen if Peter goes back to being who Peter used to be. And so he's making this announcement. Um, and so he just, you know, verses 17 through 21 is the entire prophecy from the book of Joel. Well, now what's, what's, what's the outcome? He has said all of this, and he's preached a sermon. And, and what I like about uh, verse 41 is that it said about three, it said that the outcome of Peter's sermon was for those who received his word were baptized. Now that tells me, not everybody received. Not everybody was baptized. And that, that's just statistics. That's just statistics. Um, but for those that were, it says that about 3,000 souls were added that day. That must have been a pretty compelling crowd because those are some pretty compelling numbers. And so, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've, I've kind of been in and around and in and out of, of, of new church plants. But, you know, we definitely need people to make things happen. But more importantly, we need souls. And, and that was Peter's aim is that, you know, if don't, don't count the numbers. Make the numbers count. How about that? Um, even though they actually use numbers to just say that there was impact, there was power, there was the, the outpouring of this Holy Spirit that made people come out of their own way of thinking. How many of you get stuck in your own thoughts? Regularly, we do, we do. And, and, and sometimes, you know, finally I wake up and it's like, come out of, it, come out of that trance, because it really isn't that my mother used to tell me. I, just got, I tell my students, this is how I get them to listen. I said, I've got some mama saids for y'all. And they just start looking at me. Mama said, my mama, not your mama. Your mama would be a child to me. But my mama said, um, one day when I was just having a moment, and as a kid I had a lot of moments, um, <laughs> I mainly kept them to myself, but, but sometimes I would have a little pouting, you know, I need some attention kinds of moments. And, and one day mama said, boy, God is not going to come down off of his throne just because you're having a bad day. And I, and I understood that because sometimes I was one of those people that took things very literal. And so I'm thinking, really, he's going he's to step down? And I said, yeah, he, I just said to her. And said to her, I knew better than that. <laughs> no, no prophesying to mama. Uh, <laughs> but in my mind, I said, oh, I'm going to get God's attention. I was that kid. I'm going to get God's attention. And, and he really, I mean, he, can, he always comes to our rescue. But sometimes we get caught up in our thoughts. 
And we think that everything falls on us. And I don't know where we are in our careers here or anything like that. There are some things that you are definitely held responsible or held accountable for because of the responsibility that has given to you. But life continues to move forward. And so um, these people, whatever happened, now, if you've ever had an encounter where you've spoken in tongues or, or had just really um, an epiphany, we can call it that, and, and we just get into this place of worship and, you know, we're just walking around our house annoying everybody um, and so on and so forth, and then we come out of it. You know, some of us have to cook. <laughs> Some of us haven't vacuumed for a couple of weeks, so we got to get back to the reality of what's going on. But the question is, did what happened to you sustain? Is it still with you? Yes, it is still with you. It is still active. There's, uh, I don't know, you know, I'm going back into the 60s again. I think it was Dionne Warwick that saying, there's always something there to remind me. Google that one. Um, and, and, there's always something that takes us back to a word that we've heard, a sermon that we've heard, a text that we have read, a text that we have read, not a text that we have read, but maybe, maybe, um, that brings us back and reminds us that we are the church. We are, we are a part of that delivery process. Um, and, and so it, it still goes on today. It still, it might, it might, look a little differently, it might present a little differently, but we are that responsible body of believers that are just not coming here to set up chairs, to do all of this, to take it all away, and then go home, and except for Caleb, he gets to take a nap, but we don't just, that's not all of who we are, because eventually he's going to have to wake up. I don't know why I'm picking on you. I don't even know you. <laughs> they kept saying it's Caleb's birthday. Didn't even sing to him. Oh, well. Um, but we are the church. And that same message that Peter gave to the, the body of believers on that day applies to us today. The question is, what are we doing with it? So Jesus says, as I wrap this up, Jesus says in John 12, 32, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So what is your declarative statement today? And what are the outcomes? What will be the outcomes based on what you say? And who is impacted? Who's listening? Who cares? Right? Who, who really cares about what thus saith the Lord? And I think we do. I think there's a large number of us. I think the statistics would say that there's still um, a great two-thirds of the people that have not yet heard the gospel or are certainly not recipients of that. Well, we got some work to do. And it doesn't always require us to open our mouth. Sometimes it's how we conduct ourselves when someone is honking at you because you're on your phone and the light has changed three minutes ago. What's it going to do then? It's not always, or, or sometimes it's how you um, conduct yourself in the grocery store when the person in front of you has um, a bunch of groceries 
And, you know, I, I still, I laugh when I still see people pull out checkbooks. It's like, it's going to take a while to write that check. And just slide it on through. Um, so I just, you know, I, I, I chuckle, I grin. The only thing that pierces my nerve in the store is when a child is having a tantrum. High-pitched, you know, the key of C, high C. Um, there's just, <laughs> maybe I have some sensory issues, I don't know. I mean, I get through it, and it's like I'm just going to the opposite end of the store, and you still hear them. But who are you in these situations? Are you still the church? Can we still count on you to, to activate the gifts that have been given to you? Can we do that? Or when our, I'm not a football fan, it's fun to watch. I do get excited when the Cougars play the Vikings, though, every time. I do get excited when the Sioux Falls, University of Sioux Falls Cougars play the Augustana Vikings and beat them every time. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I have friends over at Augie, and I just, I get a little nervous, you know, when that game comes up. But um, I make a declarative statement to them saying that the key will stay in the den, just so you know. So, yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my word of the Lord um, to the Augustana Vikings. But who are we when our team loses? Some people take it really seriously. It's like, really? Is it really? You know, I've, as I think about my years of counseling, I don't think I've had anyone ever come to counseling for those reasons. Uh, but they probably do. Who are we when God takes a loved one from us? I had to ask that question when God took our oldest son unexpectedly. I said, who am I today? Who am I? How will I be an effective witness now? I just, you know, just having this conversation with myself. But, but God, he was right there. He was right there. Who are we when we become parents for the first time? We're just excited, I hope. Um, how about grandparents? That's all. I have 21 of them, and, and I know all their names, and just about have all their birthdays down. Now I have five great grandkids. Now I'm not. I'm stopping. I'm just like I can't keep up. <laughs> Y'all need to stop <laughs> so I can catch up. But then, who are we when we get attacked by terrorists? Who are we when planes come down and and People are just taken out. Who are we when, when the tsunamis um, come and people are taken out? Are we that same witness? Can we be just as effective? Well, Peter says if we have that indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, it will activate. It will activate. Give it time. God gives us grace. He gave me a lot of grace to grieve because I, I only had one question. I only had one question when that happened. I said, God, I said, well, I said two things. I might have said 15, but two that I can remember. I said, um, I said, he was my son. And God said, uh, not so much. He was my son first. I said, might drop on that one. And then I asked him, well, God, why didn't you give me a heads up? You know what God said to me in, in my, what appeared to be my worst hour? 
He said, you can't handle a heads up. He's absolutely right, because if I had known this was coming, I would have been a hot mess, because I couldn't have shared that with, with my child. So God knows. So who was I? How did, how did we, we're still coming through it, but, but the question is, are we activating, because sometimes we have to call on God. How many of you call on God on a regular? Come on, Lord, come on, I need you to show up right about now. This would be a good time. He will. But first, there's a requirement. There's a condition placed here, especially when, when the word if is part of a sentence. We know that there's a condition attached. There's some, something that we have to do. Are we willing to do it? Are we hearing the voice of God? If Peter can hear it and abide therein, so can we. Amen? Amen. Band, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Invitation Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it. Every promise from God, every declaration of his great love for you, every word of hope, every reminder that you have been made for more. Allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver, an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.